The title of my uh, message today is Newly Created, and it is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning at verse 14. What's that? <laughs> oh, 29 minutes. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jose has a timer back there. If you want to know how long my sermons are, whether how close I'm getting to the end, just look back and there's a timer. And it's on a countdown, so... Uh, it, tries to, it tries, to, tries to keep me in line, and it helps. Looking at the clock doesn't help. You know that, right? Yeah, so being on the clock that way helps me maybe sometimes. But uh, we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and it's uh, newly created. Our, and this is, uh, we're looking at the uh, Message Bible. Our firm decision to work from this focused center... One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. So as we think about as we've gone through communion and we have the understanding of what Christ has done for us, he is one who died for all, and because of his resurrection, that same life is in us. And it says it <clears throat> starts, about, starts out with this focused center. So the focus of our life, this newly created life, is always Jesus Christ. And whenever we are forgiven of our sins, that's the new beginning. And that beginning is life with Christ here on earth, and it is a life with Christ for eternity. Verse 16, because of this decision, we don't, evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah, we looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. Certainly we can't, certainly, we don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, a created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square within, with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sin. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. <laughs> so, a new creation. Christ is that new creation, the one who makes things different in our lives. And we are seen differently through God's eyes. The focused position of our life is what Christ has meant for us and what Christ has done for us. That what a positive approach God has given to us whenever we are to look at ourselves. Philippians chapter 4 says that we are to think on the things that are true, that are honest, that are pure, that are lovely, that are good report. If there be any virtue, be any praise. That's the King James Version. And in the Message Bible, it says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do, you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating 
on things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard, saw, and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into this most excellent harmonies. So whenever we see that we are looking at a very focused life, we are looking at a very focused life that we have with Christ. We are a new creation, and we're wondering if in this new creation, how is there harmony in my life, harmony in my relationship with God, and harmony in my relationship with others? Uh, we find it, first of all, in our relationship with Christ. What we put into our minds <laughs> determines outcomes. So if we are looking to find harmony in our life, well, what are we focusing on? The idea that's presented in these scriptures is, first of all, we need to focus on Christ. If we focus on God and get things right with God, we then get things right with ourselves. And if we have things right with God and ourselves, we then get things right between ourselves and others. So we can't start with ourselves. We have to start with God. Whenever we start with God, we are looking at what God is thinking. <laughs> now, some of you will say, well, what is God thinking? What does God think about us? What is God preparing for our life, and what does he have in mind for us? Well, God's purpose, going back even to creation, was that we would be in harmony with him, that we would walk with him, we would be friends with him. That we, you know, he created us and walked in the garden. We came and walked with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day as friend with friend. God's desire was to be our best friend. And that he would, he would, be, um, he would be the one we would text the most. <laughs> Imagine sending a text message to God. Hey, God, what's up? <laughs> he is. Uh -huh. <laughs> so... You know, hey God, what are we doing? And we look at this whole idea, we get these text messages and go back and forth. Can you send me a picture from up there? <laughs> so what is the picture? What is the picture that God wants us to focus on? Well, we focus on Christ. Fill our mind with words and actions. <laughs> you know, the uh, Sunday school lesson this morning spoke about that the eye is the light of the body that the eye is the light of the body, and the eye must be single. And, and, and what it says in this scripture is be focused. That we are to be focused on what we are looking at, and if the eye is allowing in full of darkness, the whole body is dark. If the eye is focused on what the light is, the whole, li the whole body is full of light. So there is a focus to our life, and the life that we are focused on is Christ. And verse 8 in what we just read says that um, fill our minds and meditate, fill our minds and meditate on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> that we should have such a focus that our focus is letting in the light that is these actions, these attitudes, these perspectives of life around us. Now, if there is a problem, 
<coughs> I'm not saying that we have a problem, but <coughs> some of you do. <coughs> some of us do. If there is a problem with keeping these thoughts that we just read here, well, we need to stop and consider what we are putting into our mind. We need to stop and consider what our eye is looking at. Because if we have a focused thought and we have a focused direction, we know where we are going and we know what we see. And what we see is what's going on and what gets replayed in the mind over and over again, you know. It's, um, it's the movie that never changes. It's the, the script that always reads the same. It's that script that we play over and over again in our mind. So we are to replace, <laughs> replace, replace harmful input with something that is wholesome, something that is good. And we can go even further to replacing that idea, those ideas, as to what is going on in our internal dialogue. <laughs> What's going on whenever we're thinking about ourselves and thinking about life? What's the internal dialogue that goes on in your own mind? Now, uh, some people never stop talking, so um, <laughs> she's, she just left. So anyhow, <laughs> no. some people are not verbally challenged. There, there we go. Uh, and that's a good thing. Believe me, that's a good thing. Um, but what happens is that no, we talk to ourselves more than we talk to anyone else. That's my point. No matter whether we are very verbal or whether we're nonverbal, not, not that verbal, not nonverbal, we are very much um, caught up in talking to ourselves every moment of every day. Why? Because your mind can't stop. <laughs> uh, I know one individual tells me all the time, he says, you know what, I always think that an empty mind is a good mind. <laughs> And I don't disagree because I know he doesn't want to hear, but the idea is that our mind cannot be empty. Our mind is full and it is constantly going. Even in our sleep, our mind is constantly active. So the challenge is what are we saying in our self-talk? What are we saying to ourselves? These are the things that we meditate on. These are the things that we rehearse the last failure, the, 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 the things that have gone wrong, how we think about things, how we feel about things. Well, positive thoughts are not lies. Positive thoughts are not lies. But quality, empowering, affirming. Because we usually talk to ourselves, <laughs> we usually talk ourselves into what we believe. We usually talk ourselves into what we believe. That is why whenever we look at our faith, that our faith that God is forming wants us to think on the things that are lovely, that are pure, good report, virtue, praise. You know, Why does God want these things in our minds and in our hearts? So we can think about them, so that we can rehearse them, so that we can plan for our next event so that we can plan for the things that are coming in our life, that we can plan for them in a way that's going to be affirming, good, an outcome that will be admirable. And well, what happens when it doesn't? So we deal with it and we go on. What happens when everything falls apart? We deal with it and we go on. 
the idea is that because something bad happens doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to end up that way. We're still in the process. So you see, all day, if we are rehearsing a defeated message, and that rehearsal, those, that script goes across the screen of our mind, it's like we follow the bouncing ball. We don't know enough to change the channel. You know, because the, the movies, the movie doesn't change. The outcome, you ever watch, my wife tells me I watch all these old westerns and uh, all these old movies. And you know what? Not, the outcome, high noon never changes. The guy still beats up, you know, shoots the bad guys. Happens every time. You, anybody have seen High Noon? It's on all the time. So, <laughs> but any of the westerns and things like that, or any movie, the, the ending never changes. In our mind, in our hearts, does the end ever change? That's why Christ has come to give us a new life. We are newly created. Every day the promises of God are renewed. Every day the promises of God, the word of God, is alive and active. It has a role. God's, God's word is a role that he wants us to see and to participate in and to be a part of. It isn't becoming an actor. That's a hypocrite. A hypocrite is an actor, pretending to be something that you're not. But in Christ, in new creation, this is who I am. And, you know, faults and failures and baldness and fatness, that's who I am, you know? And it's who we are. And so we allow God to continue to work on the new life that is inside of us. It's sad, but most of our negative, <laughs> most of our negativity and our thinking patterns stem from our childhood. Now, we can't blame everything on somebody else, but the, the idea that we were depending on someone to build and bring confidence and nurturing, and sometimes it didn't happen that way. But we look at this, and we look at our life, and no matter how we got where we're at, it's our responsibility in Christ to look at this new creation that Christ is making in us, doing in us, a new life, you see, the God who created us and breathed into us the breath of life and man became a living soul in creation is the same God who forgives us of our sins, who breathes into us the breath of life, his spirit, and his life is alive in us, creating a new heart, creating a, a new life, creating, renew a right spirit within me, create a new thoughts, let the thoughts, God's thoughts become my thoughts, let his word be the governing agent of my life, so the scriptures declare, in Christ, I'm a new creation. I'm newly created. Well, David, you don't look too new. You look kind of old. <laughs> but I'm, we are new inside. We're newly created. And that this creative process is something going on every day. You know, if we were genetically looking at our cells and so on, that you are not the same person you were last week. All of our cells have changed. <laughs> because they have to be renewing. And our, our, our whole body renews and changes. I forget how long it takes, but the whole body renews itself. It's not the same person. It's not the same cells that were there. They've taken on something. They've regenerated and they've, they've continued to renew. Well, what about our mind? What about our heart? What about our perspectives? 
You see, we have to, as it were, reprogram, rethink our thinking. You know, in the book uh, Charging the Human Battery by Mac Anderson, he quotes this uh, William Walton. He says, to carry a grudge is like being stung to death by one bee. I like these little things. Yeah, one B just keeps, you know, we just keep using the same thing over and over again. Carrying a grudge. Okay. Hate. This is what else he says. And this is not a Christian book. This is recharging the human battery. So it says, hate, anger, and resentment are like cancers. And when you let them fester, they put an invisible ceiling on your future. When it comes to self-motivation, these thoughts can be public enemy number one. William Ward wrote in this book, Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the handcuffs of hate. Forgiveness and forgive, and it takes off the handcuffs and that we can move on with life. So if we look at self-improvement books, if we look at the, the individuals who, who study how the change can come about, it always comes back to the very biblical principles of forgiving, of letting go, of removing the self-imposed ceiling that we put upon our life because we think certain ways, because we came about life in a certain perspective. Forgiveness opens up a new perspective on our life. Paul Bowes, B-O-E-S-E, says, Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge your future. Not a Christian author. Forgiveness does not change the past, but it does enlarge your future. What does Christ tell us to do? Forgive. Forgive ourselves. Forgive others. Let it go. You know, love God and love others. You, we, uh, we see this pattern of how God wants to do a new work in us, this new creation, and this new creation is about changing who we are, changing it for the better because we're focused and allowing the light of God to enter into our lives through what we see in the Word and through what we understand. We say it, we believe it, and belief has a way of doing. Belief has a way of doing. Not that it, when, you know, the, some say, well, well, we'll just sit back and receive it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to wait until it gets here. Uh, I remember uh, visiting uh, an individual once, and they said, well, you know, uh, we're looking for work. I said, good, that's a good thing. Uh, and he said, I said, well, where have you put in your resume? He says, no, I haven't done that yet. I said, well, did you write it yet? And he says, no, I haven't done that yet. I said, would you need help for it? Oh, no, no, I don't need help. I'm believing God. I said, well, where have you talked to anybody about getting work? Oh, no, I didn't do that. Well, what have you done? He said, well, I asked God for a job. I said, well, what did you do? Did you tell anybody? Did you knock on any doors? Did you let anybody know? And he says, oh, no, no, I didn't do that. I'm believing God. And I said, do you mean that you're waiting here for somebody to knock at your door and offer you a job? He goes, yeah, I'm believing God. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's not going to happen because nobody knows but you and God. And there is a way that there are things in our life that is, it is God and I, and we know in our heart, and we're believing, and we're pursuing. But our belief has a way of putting things into actions. You see, each of us have abilities to overcome. Each of us have abilities to take on challenges. 
Each of us have the ability to defeat doubt. Each of us has a measure of faith. And we believe. We all believe. We believe that we will succeed or we believe that we will fail. It's a belief. And our belief system is in God or in our predisposed ideas that we've created. Believing is doing, believing is going, believing is receiving, and believing is putting things into actions that will bring about outcomes. So what is, your, what is our self-talk? Change the self-talk to belief for good. Change the self-talk that is pure. Tell, change the self-talk to something that is lovely, to something that is of good report. Change the self-talk to something that is virtuous, that is praiseworthy. If you have a compliment, then leave it. You know, if you think something that is good and don't give it, if you think a compliment, well, how does that go, Jose? I got, it's my quote. I can't even remember it. You know, if you're thinking of something good, you see something good, tell it. You know. Oh yeah, a, 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 a compliment left unsaid is a wasted thought. There it goes. A compliment left unsaid is a wasted thought. Why? Because where does it go? It just sets in there. But as, as it is given, it has the, the idea of reproducing something positive. Proverbs thir- chapter 3 says, My child, don't lose sight of good planning. Don't lose sight of good planning and insight. You see, this is where the Christian is extremely gifted. Because we have the Spirit of God inside of us, and God has created everything. Not evil, he didn't, you know, evil took off in the wrong direction. But God created it all good. He has a plan for us, he has a purpose for us, and he knows our past, our, fut- our present, and our future. And so we pray that God would help us to have insight into our own lives, into our own thoughts, into our jobs, into the things we say, the things we do, that we would be able to do these things in a way that would be a good steward of everything that we possess. You see, hang on to them, hang on to the planning and the insight, for they fill you with life and bring you honor and respect. So pay attention to how you talk to yourself. Pay attention to how you talk to yourself. Exactly what are you saying right now? (laughs) I don't know, I was just being vacant and, you know. What, what, what were we saying? How do we say? How do we talk to ourselves? We start by being, by our prayers. <laughs> start today by praying. Oh God, let this be a wonderful day. How many pray- just You don't have to, an- don't raise your hand on this because, you know, but I ask a question. <laughs> how many, how many times, how many of us start our day with a prayer? God, thank you for this day. God, give me life, (laughs) a good life today, good thoughts. May I see the good things that are going on and speak about them. God, thank you for blessing me with this gift. 
I mean, it, you know, we're not talking about major, you know, 10-hour prayers and, you know, and bowels and standing and sitting and, you know, just talking about simple processes, simple words that influence what we think, what we're going to do. Simple expectations. You see, the turning point in life, the turning points in life become paths of learning. Turning points become paths of learning because we're going in a direction that maybe we're not so sure of. James 1.3 says, the testing of your faith produces endurance. There are problems, there are pains, and there are disappointments. That's a reality of life. Because if you don't have problems, pains, and disappointments, that means you're perfect. <laughs> and that you've got all the, everything, all the ducks in line, and your thoughts are in order, and I'll just stand back, and God and you are going to go to heaven soon. <laughs> because no one is without problems, pains, and disappointments. So we have national disappointments, 9-11. We have personal disappointments, maybe even this morning. But in these places pains, problems, and disappointments. In these places, we choose to believe. We always are believing. But we choose to believe that God is a God of good and all the good gifts and all the perfect gifts that come into life come by the hand of God. James 1.17 We choose to believe that every good gift Every perfect gift that comes to my life is a gift from God. James wrote this, James chapter 1, verse 17. So that I am choosing to believe that the good in life has come from God and therefore I am to focus on God and God's perfect gift to us is Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ looks at each one of us, what does he think? He thinks about that which is true in your life. He thinks about those things that are noble in your life. He thinks about the things that are right, the pure about you, the lovely, the things that he admires about you. He sees the excellence in your life. He sees the things he wants to praise you about and say, well done, you good and faithful servant. This is God's thoughts about us. And all we are doing whenever we are looking at ourselves and, and looking at how that we can see life differently, all we're trying to do is get a perspective that God has on me and on my life and on the situation. All I'm trying to do is arrive at a place where I can see the light of God shining in my life and upon all that I have and all that I possess and all the things of life and all the things of the world and I'm wanting the light of God to shine upon everything, including my self-talk, and recognize that I am a new creation, that God will help me see what he sees in me. Okay? 
God and I, God first, I get me in this focus. Now I can see life more clearly. And what does God see as he looks at me? As God looks at you, he sees the lovely. (laughs) He sees the true. He sees the noble in you. He sees all the things you've done right. He sees that which is pure in your heart and in your mind. He sees that which is lovely, that which is admirable, (laughs) that which is excellent, that which is praiseworthy. And he says as a proud father, that's my child. (laughs) That's my child. I love them so much. I died for them. I love them so much. I'm preparing an eternal home for them. But until they get here, I want you to know, this is what I think about you. Shall we stand? (laughs) There's 44 seconds left for the preacher to be done. (laughs) 37, 35, 34. (laughs) But you see, praiseworthy. God enjoys his kids. You know, I enjoy my grandson. I just enjoy him. I even share him with Bill, my neighbor. (laughs) You know? What do you think God looks at us? He enjoys his kids. You. (laughs) He enjoys you. He enjoys us. Why? Because we're his kids. He loves us. He enjoys us. He enjoys our company. He enjoys our conversation. He enjoys our unique way of looking at things. (laughs) You know, if you want a unique way of looking at things, spend time with a three-year-old, (laughs) four-year-old. They have a really unique way of looking at things. God enjoys the uniqueness of your life. Don't we, and we all do, and I do, The self-talk just does crazy things. Don't allow your self-talk to interfere with God's self-talk of you. Amen? Can we do that? Nobody said anything. (laughs) Can we do that? The answer is yes. Can we do that? Can we do that? So what is it going to be? It's going to be true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. God, help us to think these thoughts of ourselves, to see our life completely through your eyes, that we may see the world through your eyes. Bless, O Lord, I pray, let these thoughts be our thoughts. Let this creation, O God, this new creation, newly created person that we are, Lord, let us continue to build on that image that you have of us. We pray in Christ's name. And everyone said, Amen. And everybody said they're going to do this, right? Hello. Yes. Okay. Not getting out of here to the answer correctly. <laughs>